Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. We're not, but we're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And y'all can visit our website at forever35podcast.com. Let's put that in there. .com for links to everything we mentioned on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Forever35Pod or Instagram at Forever35Podcast. And you can join the Forever35 Facebook group where the password is serums. You can also shop our fave prods at shopmy.us slash Forever35. You know, actually, that's a good distinction between what is on ShopMy versus what's on the website. Like the website is everything we mention. Sometimes it's stuff that we're like met on. Mm-hmm. That's um, exactly right. Or just we like a guest mentions it. Yeah. Whereas the shop my shelf stuff is like 
stuff we're very into. So it's a good distinction. Anyway, you can also sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. You can call or text us at 781-591-0390 and email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Just making one more plug. As Kate mentioned in the last uh, episode for our giving circle, we are so close to our goal. Oh my gosh. <sighs> also, election day is like right around the old corner. So oh boy. anything you can donate will help. I just... Whew, the anxiety of election day. <clears throat> With us again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, here in California, at least it's like the anxiety of election month because we have so many mail-in ballots. So like what happens on election day is like, it has almost no bearing on the final. I mean, it has bearing, but it's like, you cannot go by the um, election day results because there's so many mail-in ballots that need to be tabulated. Very true. And we've got some big uh, races happening here. that are, you know, big, <laughs> like it's a lot. Yeah. And you're, I know you're very involved. You're, you're getting really involved in your hyper local politics. I mean, I am as well. Um, but you've, you've hosted a fundraiser. We're getting into it. Mm-hmm. We want some change um, around here. Yeah, we're doing it. <clears throat> so Kate, how's it, how's it going over there? Oh my goodness. I've just quickly, Dory, I have just had a morning. I've had a morning. I thought I was going to be on top of things. Uh, I had to sign my kids up for something and I did that. And then I had to like, I ran an errand really early and I was like, I am on top of the game. And then I went to go pick up my dog out of the yard to go take her to dog daycare. And she was holding a bird in her mouth. And that's when the day just took a turn. And I became a okay. an animal rescuer. <clears throat> My okay. dogs, you know, there have been times where I don't know if this bird was injured already, but this is not the first time that one of my dogs has found a bird and put it and like chomped it and like trotted around with glee. The joy that <clears throat> my dog had at having this bird, it was like, palpable. I wanted to be like, you're murdering this, but she looked so happy because all her instinctive urges were being satisfied. And, and, uh, and so then I had to, the bird did not make it. Uh, I had to take the bird to the local animal shelter because they were going to humanely euthanize it because it was really not in great shape. And, um, but then the bird passed. So, um, that was my morning dealing with an injured bird. And then I was like, you know, praying for the bird and feeling emotional about the bird and then having to like be kind to my rage of the dogs because the dogs don't know any better because they're animal, mm-hmm. you know, like all that. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's dealt with one of their pets bringing in an animal knows what I'm talking about. My cat did it. <sighs> It just, it's just life. Like this is this, this is life. Mm-hmm. They are just doing what they are like built to do the same way mm-hmm. we do. I eat meat, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. it's always harrowing when there's like a 
a very injured animal and your animal is responsible. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot for you to deal with. <laughs> so it was just so like, ugh, really, like, really, you know, and then I'm like putting on rubber gloves and creating like a, a, a sanctuary for this little tiny baby. This oh, poor my bird. God. This poor bird. I don't know. So anyway, that's, yeah, uh, it's just another day in the life of a person living in the suburbs, you know, just another day in the life. Just another day in the life. Yeah. Thankfully, we've got uh, a guest who's going to really, like, take it away today. You know, like, it'll be, it'll be a salve, dare I say. We had a classic guest on today. This guest has been on the show as a guest. They've also co-hosted the podcast. Um, they're, they're just like, they're, they're such a friend of Forever 35. I can't even, I can't even say enough about this guest. The guest today is a mega friend of the pod, Nora McInerney. Woo, woo, woo. So, so, so excited. Um, okay, just to give you, if you're if you're not familiar with Nora, you're in for a real treat, but I bet you are. She's the, the host of the podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking, the author of the memoirs, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too, No Happy Endings, and The Hot Young Widows Club, Lessons on Survival from the Front Lines of Grief. And her new book, Bad Vibes Only, comes out on October 11th, which means it's already out by the time you are listening to this. Yes, it, is it came out, out yesterday. Right now. She's also the founder of the nonprofit organization Still Kickin', which was inspired by a t-shirt her late husband Aaron wore when he had a seizure that later revealed his brain cancer. And Nora also gave a TED Talk about living with grief. She lives in Phoenix with her husband Matthew and their kids and their dogs. And her new book is just wonderful. It's so funny and insightful and moving. And I also just did want to plug that Nora is on tour. She is on book tour. So you can go see her in a a variety of places. And if you're in and live in any of these places, you should go see her. She's amazing to see live. October 15th in Philly, October 16th in New York, October 17th in DC, 18th in Boston, Beantown. Show up. October 19th, Toronto, 21st, Chicago, and October 22nd, St. Paul, Minnesota, her hometown. So uh, catch her on tour. Tell her we say hi. Um, I do want to give just a brief content warning that we do talk get talk about eating disorders and disordered eating in this conversation. Um, so just please a heads up for that. Uh, and yeah, please enjoy our conversation with our dear friend, Nora. Well, we are back with former Forever 35 Midwestern correspondent. Is that how we refer to you? Was it yes. the Midwest? Is Minnesota yes. is the Midwest. Yes. But she has since relocated to the Southwest. And so we're proud to say that your new title, Nora McNerney, is Forever 35 correspondent of the Southwest. <laughs> Of the Southwest. I've been of waiting for this call. I've been waiting for this call because <laughs> there are many of us living in a dry desert climate, thirst, perpetually thirsty. 
<laughs> perpetually I mean- crusty. What a switch. What a switch from the hardy winters of the north to the hardy desert. But I mean, we'll talk about how this has impacted your skincare practice. Probably the most important thing we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love extremes. I love extremes. I was like, what <laughs> climate can I live in that could threaten my well-being <laughs> at any time? <laughs> I found it. We're we're so happy for you, but most importantly, we're happy for us to have you back on the show in Indeed. honor of your next book, Bad Vibes Only, which is out this week. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You all know what it's like. <laughs> It just pushes you down a rabbit hole of just self-hatred. It's great. It does. It does. It's so strange having to promote a thing you made. And I think in your case, you know, you've written another like incredibly personal, vulnerable, hilarious book. So it's just it Mm -hmm. that there's like that extra layer of it. Yeah. I'm like, what if I wrote a book? Because this is the last book like this. Okay. And if you hear me. I don't know. If you hear even a whisper, if you get a text message, if you see an Instagram story that even implies that I'm writing another deeply personal (laughs) book, I want you to- Nora, I I had the same, I had the exact same like response. Kate is also responsible for the same thing with me. I will never write another memoir. I will come if I even Dory, if I see a screen capture of a notebook that looks like you're even thinking, I'll get on a plane. It's a 45 (laughs) minute flight from Phoenix. Thank you. I appreciate intervene. I'll I'll pick up Kate on the way. Okay. Okay. We'll roll up. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like Henry, you know what? Take mom for a second. I will do the same for you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Now, you know, actually, before, like, we do usually open our guest conversations by asking about a self-care practice. But since we are on this topic, could we just discuss briefly, if you will, what was it about this book that has made you swear off any sort of personal Mm. memoir type book in the future? Yeah. Oh, I think it's just... Well, one, I wrote this book in part during like one of the worst years, the worst year of my life since 2014, uh, which is saying something because nobody died. So to be a contender, it really mm-hmm. had to be a, it had to be a new kind of roughness. And it was all yeah. things that I'm pretty much incapable of writing about because it would violate somebody else's right to their own story. And Mm. there is always the sense that um, the first time I heard this was Danny Shapiro, the author Danny Shapiro, quoting a different writer. So forgive me for not knowing the origin of this variation on a quote of a theme that I'm going to share. But basically, this person had told Danny, who told me, and now I'm telling you, Game of Telephone, you know, in every story, what happens on your side of the door is yours. What happens on their side is, is theirs. And I believe that. And also, and also, I do think that might have been more true uh, in the 90s when we were writing memoir in the mm-hmm. 2000s before everyone was so easily findable, before there was such a thin layer of privacy mm-hmm. already. And I think about that, you know, not even just in the context of, 
our children who have their own private lives, but have parents who are very easily Googleable. <laughs> but, you know, anybody who's even like tangentially connected to us. So for mm. me, um, I, I, I think that is one of the reasons why this will be my last very personal book. And also because there are so many other threads that I want to pull on the world around us. And part of, yeah. you know, making my show and the show that you make, right. Is like, you get into other people's lives, you get into other people's stories. And that's, what's really um, exciting to me. And I do think, and I have thought this every time, but I feel like I, if this is the last book that I ever get to write, I will feel good about it. I love mm. this book. I love where it I turned out. I love this out, book too. Even yeah, though the, too. the process of writing it, how many times do you fall down the pit of abject despair when yes. you're writing anything, right? Where you're yes. like, I should, you know what? Let's yes. drag it to the trash. Let's just. <laughs> well, yes. I think it's interesting you say this because I just finished your book last night and readers, I'm sure, will be clamoring for it and reading it. And, and, the the you of the book to me i was like ah look at this like sage taking me on this journey of like totally identity and self discovery and kind of like and middle life realization witty and like yeah it just it, none it, of that comes out it doesn't it didn't, nor it, yeah it doesn't read like like this book destroyed you no if anything <laughs> i was like wow she's got it all figured out now I do think everybody has a story to tell. I mm. do think excavating it is uh, not for everybody. It is just not for everybody. Yes, and I wanted, that is such a good way of putting it. And I wanted so badly for this book to not be memoir for that reason and to be mm. an essay collection. So I did not have to, even though I just said it, it did destroy me. It's also the circumstances around it that were so depleting and destructive. But I did not want to have to say, this book is about my husband dying. Right. This book is about mm -hmm. meeting my second husband after my first mm -hmm. husband died. I wanted to be able to pull from like a broader range of life than mm -hmm. just picking my own scabs. Well, let's get into it a little bit because you start off. I mean, the first essay, <laughs> It Hurts to be Beautiful. Wooey, baby. You just like, let, let listeners, Nora just gets into it right away. And you tell the story, like you talk about why you like injectables, right? But then you tell the story about how you, you go and get it once and you experience facial paralysis. And it's <laughs> yeah, essentially... Not in a good way. <laughs> no, yeah. Not yeah. in the way that like you intended with your money, but in the bad way. And I, I guess, I, I think you're kind of exploring this idea of like, at what cost? And also like, Mm. I like this. And how does that, how do we reconcile that within the context of everything else we know to be true? Yes. And like, how, how do, how do we as intersectional feminists reconcile our participation in the beauty industrial complex? And I don't, and I what don't is know the line and where do we cross it? Yes. Which is very interesting to me because I posted a thing on TikTok. And one thing that I love and I also just frightens me about TikTok. And I think this new version of social media is it was a simpler time 10 years ago when there was one algorithm. <laughs> and it was like, 
uh, you're on Facebook. Cool. Did you see that cat video? And you'd be like, I know exactly what video you're talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> I know. I know what this week's cat video is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw it too. And now you're just sort of pulled out of your own world and dropped into somebody else's without context. And I had posted some video and someone had commented and said, you're 39, drop the skincare routine. And first of all, all people who are under 30 believe that being 39, you should look like the fucking crypt keeper. You're telling me, you're telling me that you don't have like spiders crawling out of your eye holes. You're not... <laughs> You don't stink of rotting flesh, okay? (laughs) I cannot believe it. What do you do? What is the secret? And I said, essentially, the secret is money because it is, right? Like I spend, I get, have you ever had clear and brilliant laser? No, but I want it. I am telling you, I love this thing. I love this thing. I could not tell you how it works. People, Someone was like, is it a something, something laser? How would I know? Am I a scientist? I have no idea. I, I do not know. Am I an esthetician? No, I'm a consumer. I was sold this. Okay. I was sold this. And did I buy it? Yes. I get it once a quarter and oh. it it zaps you and you look like you have a sunburn. You feel like you just took something out of the oven you know, and you lean over the oven. And it's like hot, just like that hot feeling. It doesn't go away for like 24 hours. The next day, your skin looks fine, but it feels like sandpaper. Two weeks later, you are glowing. You are glowing. It is so wonderful. Oh I gosh, get okay. hydrofacials afterwards, after it's like healed. I So you get, get a facial dysport. for the facial. You get a facial for the facial. Okay. okay. Your facial you get gets a facial. Discord, which is dysport. like uh what's it called? The other Botox. It's like diet Botox. Um uh again, a more natural looking Botox. Uh, I haven't gotten it in like six months. Cause she put too much in last time. And I seriously like, look at this. I already have like very limited, like that's, this is six months later. <laughs> like, look at me being surprised. Wow. Like, my okay. eyeballs Nora's, have to do so much work. <laughs> Nora's raising her brows, but it's minimal. Uh, There's minimal raise. Her, her lids, like, her eyelids are doing all the yes. work. My, yeah. The lids have to do all the work. And I do all of this one in, one in part because it's time to myself. That's what I've realized. Like it is time to myself. Like I am laying under a weighted blanket while someone attends to me and there's nothing required of me at all, except you just, just lay there, which feels so nice. And I'm doing it in part because it does sort of create this homeostasis. I'm not trying to pass for 25, right? I'm not even trying to pass for 30. I'm not trying to do any of that. But it, there's no denying that I am trying to cling to something. I'm trying to cling to something the same way I was trying to strive for something when I bought a water bra when I was 16, you know? Mm, and it water pushed bras. up my... Oh, Remember yeah. those. Never even oh. heard of that. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. 
We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out, so I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, 
get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. All right, we are back. You know, Nora, if this no. is reminding me of a listener who once wrote in to us because, you know, this is a conversation that I think has been ongoing on our podcast for a while. And something they said really resonated with me, which is, it is like, we don't, it's like human to not want to look in the mirror and see yourself decaying. Like it's human to want to keep looking like quote unquote yourself. And I get that. I'm guilty of it too, you know, or guilty, quote unquote. Like I, I just, I, I feel like there is a lot of demonization of people for, for wanting to keep looking like themselves. Absolutely. And I don't have the answer. Like I, you know, I think there is something to be said for, of course, like aging, like everybody ages, that that your skin changes, your face changes, everything changes. But like, that's also kind of scary. Like it makes you confront your own mortality on a daily basis. And like, maybe given all the shit that's going on in the world, we don't want to be constantly confronted with our own mortality. 
I don't and know. things just a thought. I a hundred percent I feel all of that. I feel all of that. And it is so to your listeners' point, it is so jarring. And this is something I didn't understand at 25 when my boss was getting these crazy facial peels and her skin would be coming Mm. off in layers. And I remember she was in her 50s and I was like, God, get a fucking life, lady. What I didn't understand at 25 with all of the collagen in the world is it is jarring to look at yourself and know that however you feel inside. And I am locked in at, I would say, 27 years old max Mm. emotionally. Right. Like to look at the mirror and be like, oh, wait, what? Like, who's that? Is that me? That can't be me. And I think about that when I think Mm -hmm. about like, you know, my mom or like, you know, my grandmother and those standards change too. And it is also about like a different kind of like fitting in or a different kind of control where like you pass through some magic portal and now you are a woman of a certain age and you have to dress this specific way and you have to look this specific way, whether or not that even reflects who you are. Didn't every grandmother in the 80s look exactly like a golden girl? What was that about? I had a grandmother who didn't. I had a grandmother who looked kind of like... No, it, I had one who had a golden girl vibe. And then I had a real kind of... My grandmother was like ahead of her time. She was like an artist and... I don't even know how to describe her, like otherworldly, like kind of like a, a, she wore a white turtleneck and khakis and Keds every day. She Mm. had a uniform. Like she just was Mm. a different, of a different breed. Yeah. But yes, but the rest of them, but yes, I do know what you mean. There was an army of golden girl grandmothers marching around. Like getting your hair set, wearing certain, you know, like wearing monochromatic, like pants outfits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Little joggers. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I find it all strange. I find it all fascinating. I really do. I really find it all fascinating. And especially the way that we have a hierarchy of the kind of beauty that is acceptable, the kind of like vanity that is acceptable, the kind of vanity that is shallow and like, you know, and and the kind of vanity that's celebrated. Well, and you talk a lot in your book. I mean, I... I read your the last chapter of your book like it really got me kind of like a a real a real gut punch um and you're talking about as a kid about wanting to be accepted into like the gifted program at your school and yeah. then you get in and it's just like a farce and and just how we are from a young age separating and validating and all this stuff and what it does to our psyche how like for for your life you have been on this quest of kind of achievement and perfection. And I, I relate to a lot of that. Um, and this idea of like, who, who are we if we let go of those things? Yeah. Because it's really scary to let, I, I don't even know how to let go of those things sometimes. Um, and I don't know necessarily if you feel like you have the answer, but I, I would just love to kind of hear more about as you were, as you were writing this, like, do you feel like you are you you are working on shedding those kind of pa- those parts of your identity tra- transitioning out of them or at least like loving them or like like accepting mm. them where where do you kind of stand with that ooh still an ongoing process but i think it's chapter 7 that starts with me going to meet a new therapist and alan? just sitting alan alan not his real name but just seems like he could be an alan and uh sitting in his office 
and him asking why I'm there. And I just can't even, I can't get anything out other than sobbing and telling him like, well, I guess I just fucking hate myself. <laughs> like I just hate myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just hate, hate literally everything about me. I hate, you know, just, just truly like doubt. I just hate myself. Like I hate myself. I hate every single thing about me and the way I behave and, and what I'm doing and all that. Like, I just hate myself. And he's like, mm. okay, okay. Is there more to say? I was like, yeah, I just like, bleh, bleh. like just 50 minutes till, you know, like the little, they, they subtly look at like the clock behind you. And then they stand up in the universal sign for <laughs> get the fuck out. Well, this is over. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. And like, may we all learn to practice that when someone is about to over, mm. overstay their welcome. The, hands on the knees. Mm -hmm. Time to go. Getting up, getting up. Um, And that was, I would say that, that therapy session, starting that work started in 2020, 2021, um, and is still ongoing. And I have for the past, oh, I don't know, 33 years had my being and my doing linked so tightly together oh boy. that every single day I have only been as good as my last gold star as the last interaction. Mm. If the last interaction I have with somebody is, you know, an unkind email in my inbox, uh, because the, podcast that I make has too much music or not enough, or <laughs> I, I mispronounced a word or, or something, then I am an absolute piece of garbage. And if the last interaction I have is a lovely email or a call like this, then I am okay. I am good. And having my value as a person so tied to extrinsic forces that are largely out of my control. Like, no wonder I've been depressed and anxious for most of my life. Like, I had almost like nothing inside of me that believed that I was good for just existing. Ooh, Ooh Nora. That's really <laughs> heavy. Right. Like, and if anyone else said that, I'd be like, are you crazy? Kate, you're no, so I wonderful. Dora, you're so wonderful. Like, down to your, I like hold my children's faces in my hands, right? And I'm like, oh man, I love you. You're so good. I don't care what you do. Like, da -da -da. like stab me right now. I'd still love you. Um, and one of them might. He's got that <laughs> sort of rage. Okay. <laughs> Today I didn't make his Nutella toast quick enough. And he said, you deserve to die. So, little babe? Babe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like, yeah. Wow. He's, okay. Is not because a mama's you, boy. You left what, him in what's that the car. opposite? It's it truly which Nora addresses in the book. I know. Which yeah. that also that chapter also destroyed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the conversation that you have with Alan in, in your book, he's like, "Who like who would you be if you weren't like if you didn't do these things?" And you just kind of keep listing things that you would do. Yeah, and he keeps circling back to like, yeah, exactly. Like who yeah. would you be? So how have you how have you started to cultivate? self-compassion for yourself yeah. so that you're getting these good feelings or, or have you like so that you're yeah. getting your compassion your cup is being filled 
on its own without the external. Is it possible yet? Oh, it is possible. One of the assignments that I was given was to find like a, a good thing, like just a good thing that is not like that somebody else did or something good that I did, but just like a naturally good thing to notice when I felt good and to even say it out loud. So I think that's presence. I think that's like technically mindfulness, but not in the way that feels like um, a cage, truly. Mm. When for a long time I was trying to meditate and it felt like climbing inside of a dog kennel. I could not do it. I was like, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to observe my thoughts. I really, really don't. But part of that has been letting things fall away. Um, letting things not happen, um, saying no to things. I had not said no in mm-hmm. since Aaron died. I had not said no to a single thing. I'm asked to do something. It is not an opportunity. It is an obligation. Mm-hmm. It is it is an absolute obligation. And I stepped back from two things that had become a major part of my identity, and one being the Hot Young Widows Club. And one being Still Kicking, which is this organization that I started after Aaron died. And it had become so many things. It was, it had been really struggling since the beginning of the pandemic. And it was like basically like on life support. And like I just felt so much that those two organizations had done all that they could do, that they had gone as far as they could go. And I, every part of me was like, you have to stop. You have to stop doing this. You have to stop. That was one of the major parts of that conversation with Alan that I didn't explicitly write in the book, but was a huge part of it, right? Like if I don't keep these two organizations where people that I know and love work, where, you know, thousands of people are, are, you know, there and, and, and present and in some ways like relying on me for things that by the way, I realized through therapy, I was in no way qualified to do. Um, who would I be? Who would I be without them? Mm. And I let them go and it was horrible and it was horrible <laughs> and it was horrible and it stings a lot less now than it did in the months after but Alan was right. Like I am literally me. And there are people who, um, who are no longer in my life. There are people who are still in my life. There are people who are like, thank you. Best wishes. We'll take the hot young widows club from here. And now it's called club wid and they're coming down to Arizona in a week and taking a vacation all together. And I'm so excited for them. And there are people who will hate my guts forever. And I'm still me. No matter what, I am still me. Like, I, and I'm still working on it, right? Like, I'm still working on it. I could still get rocked, but not wrecked from, from, from an interaction with somebody. You know, had a really rocked. weird interaction with a PTA mom. Was it, and it, okay. oh, it well, rocked we've me. We've all been there. Didn't yeah. wreck me. <laughs> okay. Rocked, but not wrecked is like a I love great that. goal. Rocked, but not wrecked. Rocked, but not wrecked. Yeah. yeah. Rocked, well, right. Because wrecked. it's like, it's probably unrealistic to expect that all of this stuff is just going to like roll right off of us. Right, right. But yeah. it is. Maybe we can we can try to deal with it 
in a different way than perhaps we are, we have been conditioned to. Yeah. Which gets me to a question um, about one of the chapters in your book, your book, uh, sorry, the chapter about uh, where you go to Weight Watchers as a teen, um, which I also did. And I feel like I know so many people who did. And it, and as you write, it really was like this gateway to an eating disorder. And it just made me think about, you know, all the body bullshit we internalized as teenagers and young adults. And I'm wondering where you are with all of that now and mm. how much kind of the ghost of these body narratives still kind of haunts you. Ooh, yeah. That's a good I, the ghost of body narratives. Mm. The ghost of body narratives. Just came up yeah. with that. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I can at least, I feel like now at least we, I can identify it. Right. But I couldn't have mm-hmm. identified it. I went to Weight Watchers and I was a absolutely still straight sized, six foot tall teenager. Teenager. Surrounded by, you know, ghosts of my future, possibly, right? Mm. Which is women in their 30s, women in their 40s, obsessing over uh, their appearance, obsessing over uh, what they ate and when they ate it. And I know that that program has been helpful for many people and harmful to many people, just like so many things in this world. But it did. It taught me restriction. It taught me... um it sort of sent me down this path that I was already probably predisposed to and a new kind of addiction, which was control and not eating and deprivation and all of that. And now at least I can identify that, right? But I couldn't for a long time, for a long time. I, I could not, I could not identify that. And I would like sort of skate by that in different kinds of therapy and be like, yeah, I mean, for like a couple years, did I like throw up all of my meals? Yes. But I wasn't like some girls. Okay. Like some girls were really, really bad. And for a long time, did I survive on 200 calories a day while also going to the gym and burning off like at least 400? Yes, 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 yes. But I wasn't like some girls, right? I wasn't as bad as some girls. I wasn't. And then did I become the kind of adult who, you know, uh, got a Fitbit? And could monitor and track how many mm. steps I took and how many calories I burned. And now mm-hmm. at the very least, I am not quantifying anything. I am not quantifying anything. But I found other more acceptable ways to kind of hide that same obsession. And I will also Ooh. say, I am not. I am not yet body positive for myself. I'm not. I can look at mm-hmm. any other person and be a like, gorgeous, 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 beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. TBD, TBD. Yeah, My body same. has changed a lot <clears throat> since 2020, and it is still, it is still, it is still a process. It really is. Yeah, I had I had that Weight Watchers experience as well. Full led to full blown disordered eating issues. And, yeah. uh, and, and also like, it's how I channeled my grief instead of grieving. I just like channeled all into controlling my body. And that oh was a God, whole, I mean, same. It's, same. and I have, I, I know I have to really look at that person and have a lot of like self love and understanding because 
we are in uh, like uh, a wheel, like a, what's it called? Like a mouse hamster wheel, not of our own choosing, right? Like mm. we're all in this yes. fucking yeah. diet culture, body image nightmare. Um, and it's, I don't think it's, it's not an individual's fault. And Dory, actually, this kind of like, I think leads to this question that you had written down here, like kind of talking about how like either we're good or we're bad, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to really love ourselves through that and our past selves. I don't know. I'm rambling, but well, and so much of it starts with like, like you said, Kate, so much of it starts with self-compassion. Like I had to really confront how judgmental I was about other people as stemming from being so judgmental about myself. And once I kind of was able to work through that and let that go, I found myself to be much more um, empathic, but it I think it has to start with yourself. Mm. Well, and And it's also, it's like embarrassing, I would say to be almost 40 and to be like, Uh, you know, like, like, sorry, I'm not like with the times yet. Like I haven't gotten there, you know, (laughs) I'm like really trying. I watch these TikToks of girls in their twenties. There's this, I can never remember anyone's name on TikTok, but it's like, this is what my body looks before I eat. This is what it looks like after I eat. This is, you know, like, this is what my body looks like when I sit down. This is, and I think I am so glad that exists. I am so glad that exists because I'm also aware of how futile this all is and of how pointless. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm post this to both of you because I have this experience too, where I watch these like 20 year olds and I'm like, and they have such a different perspective and I'm like, God, you're so lucky. Like yeah. we grew up in such a different space, but understanding that seeing them has helped me have compassion for how the world in which our people our age grew up in and also the generation above us because I sometimes look at like Gen Z and I'm like, this is so great, but y'all don't get it. It was like so fucked up when we were your age. Like it was so fucked up when we were in high school. And I'm sure they'll say that to the generation behind them. But for the first time I've been able to kind of look ahead of me and be like, Oh, Oh, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's given me a little bit more having younger generations now not being the youngest has helped me understand, I think, and have a lot more compassion for, the people older than me and the shit that they did, you know, because it's like, yeah, you're just a, you're only existing in the time that you, you know, that you're here. So that's all, it's the only experience we know. And and that makes it even more amazing that Gen Z is like breaking the cycle. Dear God. Right. Because they have generations (laughs) of fucking bullshit to to deal with. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is, it is really, it is really astounding to see their perspective. And I think I didn't realize how much I had internalized until I started seeing how younger people are thinking about everything, but, but especially body image stuff. Yeah, they, they, I saw somebody on, on Instagram be like, I think kids today have it you know, so much worse than we did uh, as far as body image stuff. And I was like, huh, I can see why, right? All the filters, like this sort of version of reality, but, 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 but 
they have access to those, they understand or have an ability to understand that level of artifice and have access to it. Whereas like when we were seeing things like on TV, on, you know, like in movies, like I didn't understand what airbrushing was. Like it never crossed my mind that a magazine cover was not just a real honest to God picture, like the one I was taking with like a Mm. point and shoot. I didn't understand um, like, like hair extensions, right? Like I literally thought that was all Christina Aguilera's hair. Oh, I didn't understand hair extensions until I was like 30. And I, a friend of mine who's an actor, I got in her car and she had fake hair because she wore fake hair on TV. And I was like, what? And she was like, oh, yeah, everybody on TV is wearing fake hair. And I, I, I just assumed it was all their real hair and that everybody had good yeah. hair. Same. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same. Same. Well, and Nora, yeah. you, you do raise an important point, which is like, I don't want to imply that like Gen Z has no issues or that like eating disorders do not exist Mm -hmm. anymore. You know, that everyone in Gen Z like is body positive or even body neutral. Um, And I know that growing up with social media has also been really tough for many, many, many kids. And I just want to like acknowledge that. Um, I will also say like uh, all of that is true. And they also are growing up. I mean, every like everything is a trade-off, right? They're growing up in a time where like media institutionally is kinder. There would not be a Perez Hilton. And I do yes. think that man still needs to atone for his yes. crimes in a way that he has not yet. He has not. His apology tour has yes. been light, light. That like psychologically yes. even consuming that in my early 20s fucked me up. Right. Oh my God. Like mm-hmm. that, that is a, that is a, that was a bizarre time. And that was normal. We were, that was normalized. We thought that was yes. like perfectly like, oh, fair game. Like you're famous, whatever. Bizarre. But they are also growing up in a time where they can be so deeply unkind to each other with no checks and balances and have like a level of access to each other's vitriol and unkindness that we were spared from. Everything's a both and, right? Everything is like, a, mm-hmm. everything is, you know, this generation will never know and we will never know always mm-hmm. and on and on till the end of time, which is in like six years. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science 
to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Okay, we're back. We never asked your self-care practice, your current self-care practice. Oh, yeah. I want to make sure we do know both what you are doing for self-care and, of course, desert skincare. But let's start with a self-care practice first. Is there something like new? I mean, I feel like you have kind of had a a bit of a evolution. How are you caring for yourself right now, Nora? Pretty poorly lately. Pretty poorly Pretty poorly, pretty poorly. I will say that's just something that I will. Yeah, I'll just let it go. I will just literally, I I am an all good or all bad kind of person, Dory. That is a very hard thing for me to let go of, right? So I love to be like, this is a new routine. And if I don't do all nine things, then I can go to hell. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) ooh, 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 not great, not healthy, but I have been... Uh, spending a lot less time on my phone, a lot less time on my phone, mm. much, much less. Uh, I don't have email on my phone, so I'm not Ooh. tempted to work all the time. And I've taken it off and on, but I haven't had it on my phone in like over a year now. Whoa. Wow. So, That's amazing. Yeah. And no slack on my phone. So it's like, I'll either get it or I won't, I'll do it or I won't. And like something's got to go. And I don't look at my phone right away in the morning until I've like done things, right? Like until I've like gone into the kitchen, had coffee with my husband, like looked the children in there. I gotten them to school. I can listen to something on my way home from walking them to school, like not on my way there. So like trying to feed myself life before feeding myself whatever is there. But like, that's, that's one of the biggest things for me. Cause I am like, I am straight up. I have had like an internet slash technology addiction since the minute I got a taste of it. I was like, Oh yeah, this I'll push this button. I'm I'm a rat looking for this palette for sure. Second, we got those AOL CDs that we could insert into our computers. Yes. The sound of a door opening. That was that that does something to the back of my skull. And what is, what is your skincare? Like, do you have any prods that you're loving that, that you're using right now? And perhaps have it's changed since you've gone to a drier climate? 
I am. I mean, I was always, because Minnesota is very dry in the winter. So I was always like a little sort of like lizardy kind of person, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, forever, forever. But I am so good with, and I was always like, you know, I was always very skin cancer afraid, like since forever. I always wear sunscreen. Now, like I wear sunscreen even when other people are not wearing sunscreen. I wear my Land's End sun shirt, long sleeve, right up to here. I would wear a turtleneck if they made it. Hopefully they will will hear me on that. Um, And, oh, I do that clear and brilliant laser. So I do that every quarter. I get hydrofacials. I haven't gotten one in like five months, so maybe I shouldn't claim that I get those. They are so amazing. God, I love a hydrofacial. Um, and now I can't remember the name. Hold on, I have to Google it. It's okay. You might be able to identify just by this. It's like a f- face self tanner. It's like a spray Isle of Paradise, and it's like a little mist. And I missed it on. I didn't do it today, so I look pale. But like, I missed on my face, my neck, and my. Missed on my face. I leaned back so I wouldn't get the fake spray tan on the mic. I just leaned I, back I to protect it from the motion of it. Um, and then I buff uh, it in with a brush. I don't know if that helps or not. It just feels like I'm applying something. And then by the time I walk the kids to school and I get back, I've got like a glow, like a little beautiful like face glow. I've never heard of this. Yeah. Oh, this is changing and my life. I look like I live in Arizona. But I haven't been in the sun. I haven't done, I haven't like gone out or done anything. Also, I use old people lotion. I use Eucerin, guys. Oh, okay. I love Eucerin. Great. Eucerin's great. I fucking love it. I use this stuff in the pot. It's like, it's like a paste. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm, it's like, I, it at least once a day, like just a thick layer of Eucerin. I gotta, I gotta wander around like in my room and just like, my underwear till like fully soaks in like that level of hydration I need all year round because I, I live in a straight up actual desert. I live in the Sonoran desert. If you're wondering, can I identify the kind of desert I live in? Yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Nora, your new book is wonderful. It's such a great read. The title is Bad Vibes Only. It's out October 11th. You can get it now wherever books are sold. If folks want to follow you, your wisdom, your humor, your wit, your charm, where can we find you? Where are you currently on the internet? Or IRL, because you do have some tour dates coming up. Oh my God, yes. All October. On the 12th, I will be in Phoenix doing a book signing, then San Antonio, no, where books. Then, you know what? You can go to noraborealis.com. You can see all the tour dates and... I, I really do send good emails. I send good emails. I'm on Instagram, touch and go. I'm on I'm on TikTok not to be not to be a, a not to be a public just to be a weirdo. I'm just on TikTok to just exist. <laughs> like I'm just on TikTok to like the way that Instagram used to be, like how we would just post like a picture of our coffee or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. That's how TikTok feels to me right now. Yeah, you're very loosey goosey on there. I like it. You're just yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, not, I not want to, like I don't want to be a personal brand at all. I just don't want to. I feel like that's the 
That is what I learned making Bad Vibes Only. I don't want to be a personal brand at all. Well, as always, we're so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, girls. Thank you, Nora. So good to see you. you. So good to see your real faces. I listen to you every week and I just like hear your little voices. (laughs) Here they are. Nora, 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 Nora. You know, Nora is another person who, like you, I became friends with via Tumblr. Oh, wow. Isn't that wild? Like she that read is wild. She used to see me perform improv and she read my Tumblr when I was kind of writing a lot about my mom having passed away. And then I started reading hers when she was writing about Aaron when he was diagnosed with cancer. And we became internet friends, turned IRL friends. Well, just well, like well, another gal I know, Dory Shafrir. Isn't that fun? I like finding my friends on the internet. That's so funny. Um, well, anyway, Kate, let's let's get into the intention zone. You sent me the you sent me a picture of okay. the mountain of returns. Did you actually? return all that stuff. I did. My daughter and I went to the the package store and we took like four trips between the car. I brought a laundry basket filled with packages, not to mention oh, other boxes. Oh my gosh. I know. And I felt, I have to say like, uh, shout out to anyone working at any sort of mailing or shipping store. But the person working that day was just like, I felt so bad. I, and I, I go there and spend money too, but it's also where I drop off packages that have labels. And I was like, I'm I'm so sorry. This is this was a problematic week in my home. But yeah, and and we should say that when I sent you I had mentioned this and then I sent you the photo after I sat and packaged everything up and I believe your reply was like, "Oh, I didn't think it was going to be that bad." <laughs> I think I said like, "Oh, I did not realize the extent." <laughs> yeah, the extent was extreme. So, you know, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I try to be my authentic self here on this podcast. So that's what it is. Um, I also Um, managed to make it to the UPS store. Just a little update on. To return? Yeah, yeah. I had uh, three packages to return. I probably beat you by like 40, but that's, I'm glad we've got our stuff sent back. That is truly like sending back the packages is one of the most challenging things for my executive function, but it must be done. Yes. It must be done. It must be done. I will say though, one thing I would like to get better at is just not hitting purchase, you know, like stopping myself before. Because mm-hmm. I, as I told you, like I did buy something and went to return it, and the company was like, "Oh, just keep it, or res- or donate it," and that to me speaks to the fact of just like, oh, waste. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think it depends on the company, but I think you know a lot of these returns just go to a landfill. Yeah. So, um, I mean, one I thing that I will say that has helped me is. Um, keeping things in my cart at least overnight, and then you sleep on it a little bit, right? Like I kind sleep of- on it, and then I then I come back and I'm like, do I really want this? 
do I really need this? I'm like trying to make fewer just impulsive mm-hmm. purchases and fewer like, oh, there's a 20% off sale. Better get this thing immediately. Because like in actuality, do I need, absolutely need this thing? Almost usually always not. <laughs> yep. Um, so true. And, you know, and then when I come back to it, I'm usually able to say with a little bit more clarity, oh, like I, I don't actually need this. This uh, or like this actually is something that I need. And so I will buy this. But like, I find that giving yourself that beat is helpful. That's a really good call. I'm going to try to put that into practice. I mean, I'm going to kind of throw that into my uh, this week's intention. But the other thing I did want to just put out there is that I really need to come up with a system of weekly kind of sitting down to organize all my medications and vitamins. I take a variety now of, of prescribed medications. Plus I've got a whole supplement situation going on and I find it to be very tedious when I have to sit down and do all Mm. my weekly organizations, but then otherwise I don't take things or I miss things. So I need to kind of get form a habit there so that's on my brain. Of like, how am I going to get that? It's not just that I have to do it. It's that I have to create a system and create a habit. So that's a big one for me. Anyway, Dory, on to you. So my intention last week was about Yom Kippur, which as we are recording this, um, starts tonight. We're recording this a little bit ahead of time because of some various scheduling things. So I cannot yet actually speak to my intention, but I can tell you that I'm getting into the Yom Kippur headspace and I feel mm. good about that. So anyway, this week, I feel like this has been, a, this has been an intention that has popped up periodically many times over the years, but I am really, uh, I'm really feeling like I need to get rid of some stuff in my house. So I need to organize some stuff to sell. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it does feel a little bit like, you know, I have said in the past that like the Jewish new year feels more like the actual new year to me than like January 1st. Yeah. And I do think that there's something about wanting to have like a rebirth of my home Mm. (laughs) that corresponds to the Jewish new year. So I'm really, I'm like really feeling that right now. All right. Well, Kate, this has been a pleasure. And uh, we always, and we just want to remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me and I'm Dory Shafrir and you are Kate Mm -hmm. Spencer. And it's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Breed is our project manager. Our network partner is ACAST. Bye. We'll talk to y'all later.